Today's episode is sponsored by Selena's Mexican Restaurant and Taqueria in Rochester, New York. Selena's is celebrating our 25th year in Rochester, and we are proud to continue offering fresh-made, Mexican-inspired recipes that are affordable and served by Rochester's best. Check out our event space for private occasions, as well as our catering menu for groups of 10 to 2,000. Looking for something different to do? Selena's hosts monthly tequila tasting classes, as well as corporate team-building seminars. Check out the website to learn more, selena's.com. S-A-L-E-N-A-S dot com. Jazzcast Pros. Welcome to another episode of Getting Real with Bossy with Kelly and Kelly. Today we're interviewing uh, Naisha Gibson of Saving AJ. So at least three hours, just so you know. Three hours at least is needed just for you. Like, that's so important. So what the kids go to school, but we're at work. Then when they're home, it's more work. Because raising children is work. Right. So there has to be a balance between work life and being a mom. Hey, ladies, do you own your own business or are you considering starting your own? Are you craving connection and are ready to feel seen? It's time to get real about what it takes to make it as a woman business owner. My name is Kelly Bush. And I'm Kelly Metris. And we're the hosts of Getting Real with Bossy, the podcast that unites and educates women business owners through real, raw, and honest conversations. Um, not this, a light interview. It's not light. Definitely want to put a trigger warning on this. Trigger warning on some heavy topics. We're going to be discussing mental health. We're going to be discussing postpartum depression, and we are going to be discussing the loss of a young life. So All of the above. That is not for you. You may want to sit this one out or skip through the first ten minutes and then join in because Naisha's story is really important, and we want everybody to hear it. But we want you to be prepared. So. Here it goes. Thank you to Jazzy at Jazzcast Pros. Right. Always thank you to Always Jazzy. Always thank you to Jazzy for putting this together. Enjoy. I only cried twice, I think. I cried twice. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to another episode of Getting Real with Bossy. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Naisha. Hi, Kelly. <laughs> We're so excited to have you here with us today. Yes. So tell us <laughs> what Saving AJ is first. Yeah. So Saving AJ... Um, it comes from my little cousin, AJ. Um, he was killed by his mom um, and definitely mental health issues there. Um, so I think it's very important for me to have created a safe space for other moms who are going through like postpartum or mental health. Um, because before something happened, there's like signs and warnings and like, I'm going to tell you something. There's... M- people, I'm not to say moms, there's people who go through mental health and doesn't even know that it's mental health. Mm-hmm. They don't stig- they don't stigmatize, which is cool. People don't want to put the label on things, fine. But it's something as simple as you're not doing your daily tasks. You're not bathing your children on a regular basis because you're tired. That's still a form of something because actually that is an obligation. You have to clean your children. They can get infections. They right. can catch rashes. Like All those things are like but to the average person, they've gone so long with not cleaning their home and leaving toys a mess and clothes over and laundry piled up for months. And to them, it's completely normal. So until you have someone outside step in, like, hey, let's wash all your clothes. Once you wash all your clothes in your home, you feel better. Mm-hmm. I don't care what no one says. You're going to feel better. Um, you're removing all that stuff out of your home, clutter. Some people live in hoarder and all those things, and it's fine. Um, but it still comes from somewhere. It comes from a place, um, even maybe lack. You know, right. some people grow up without having things. So they want things, and they hold on to it dearly tight. Like, this can be replaced. Give me this die. I was broke. Here's a new one. But there are attachment issues. So yeah. all those things are things that we have to, you know, notice. And when you notice it, um, kind of like be of service, because not everyone even sees their mental health as mental health. I'm like, girl, you're, you're going through it. You're going to tell me you never went through depression? You are clearly depressed. Like, you've been in bed for weeks. You know, you haven't showered. You haven't eaten. Those are all signs, but they become ha- habit. Mm-hmm. And, and coping mechanisms. And masking and all those things. So moms shouldn't have to, for one, you know, raise children just on their own. Everyone needs a support system. And just to be honest, like, back in the day, like, years ago, 
there was like a village. We used to drop our children off to grandmas. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. We used to be able to go to work. There was no such thing as childcare and fees. Like you had all the kids at one house sleeping on the floors and on the couches. Like it really existed. Somehow, um, moving forward, it became a division. And everyone's like just worrying about them and their household and their families, which I get it is important, but we used to make room. Um, now when someone asks for help, even in our own ways, we see it and it's like, oh, it's a task or it's a job. Yeah. <laughs> and before it was like unspoken, like kids used to just come over and just come right. in the house and hey, well, I'll be back. And it was just normal for families to be able to parent, work, go to school and just have time. I remember mom used to always like be in the bars and stuff and we were at grandma's and we weren't like neglected and not right. worrying about like, you know, those weird things that now families do. So saving AJ to me is really important because I'm like, everyone needs a village. We need to create a space where parents can bring the children without them having to worry about um, being overburdened, overwhelmed. And I feel like there's 24 hours in a day. So at least three hours, just so you know, three hours at least is needed just for you. Like, that's so important. So what the kids go to school, but when we're at work, then when they're home, it's more work because raising children is work. Right. So there has to be a some kind of balance, you know, between work life and being a mom, even if that means dropping the children off to the nursery and you going home preparing dinner. Like, think about preparing dinner without kids everywhere. It's just so unspoken. I'm just like, this is not cool. Like Or grocery shopping. You can't even take a shower in peace. You're yelling in the shower. What's going on? Right. You know, why is she crying? Like, it's just really weird that parents are really left to just figure it out. And some people always, like, target, like, single moms. Married couples need breaks, too. Like, it doesn't really actually, I think, is more stressful in a marriage because it's, like, um, there's more priorities. There's more needs, if you ask me, um, as far as the husband working and the wife working and then the children. is like one person feeling like they're more responsible than the other or showing up. So, like, it's, I try and remove the single mom thing. Cause and like, it's a whole relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's another relationship you have to tend to. Exactly. So it's less hours of the day you have to tend to another relationship in your life. Right. Literally. And I think that three hours, I think that's so important. But that can make, well, especially talking about mental health, that three hours can make a huge difference. Yeah. Getting that time. And three hours once a week. Knowing and that it's coming. Yeah. Like if I had three hours once a week uh-huh. to myself to do right. whatever I mm-hmm. wanted and not have like, I have to get these things done in this three hours. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it, it's just needed. And I I was, you know, trying to speak to hospitals because I remember I went to postpartum five years ago. And this is what kind of like sparked me to go like, oh, shoot. Like I had this weird thought like. I was literally just driving one day in a car with my children, and I was just driving. I thought about, what happened if I turn a car over the bridge? Mm -hmm. Like, it was a real thought. And I'm like, I can't tell nobody this. I can't say this out loud. They're going to think I'm crazy. So I'm like, but I knew when I thought it, I'm like, I would never do that. But the fact that you still, it was a thought. Mm -hmm. Not everyone can think something and not, you know, be as strong to just brush it off, you know. So I went to the doctors and I'm like, you know, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to ask for help. I'm not going to try and hide it because I was actually scared that I thought it. So I'm like, okay, I made an appointment. I went to my doctors and she was like, oh, yeah, this is postpartum. So I'm like, so how do I get help and what do I do? And then she's like, well, they gave me a list of resources, like a bunch of paperwork. As soon as I seen it, I got overwhelmed. Right. Just seeing the the follow-ups and the appointments and therapy and a counseling. Like, just and- give me one number. Right. I want to call one number and you're going to tell me how to fix this. <laughs> you already have enough on your plate with a newborn because usually postpartum's in like the beginning yes, it- stages. So I was like, okay, so I felt overwhelmed. I felt overwhelmed. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, need, I need a break. I need a break. And they were like, oh, reach out to child care council. Then go to child care council. I'm like, well, are you working? Are, are you in school? I'm like, no, because I'm going through postpartum. So right. I'm medically removed. So I'm not working. So can I get daycare? I need a break. They're like, oh, you have me working in school. And I'm like, you have to be working or in school. I'm going through mental health issues here. 
You're like advocating for yourself and trying to do what you need to do for your children. And it's not like I don't want to work. My right. doctor said I couldn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're just getting barrier after barrier after barrier. So then I was just forced to sit home, going through postpartum, with a crying baby. And I was just like, you know what? I really wrote a post on Facebook. I was so overwhelmed. I was like fully transparent. I feel like this. This is what I'm going through. Am I the only one? And from that post, like so many shares, so many comments. And I'm like looking at the peoples and where they're from. We're all in Rochester. I'm like, wait. So like, you mean tell me thousands of people, Mm -hmm. parents are experiencing this? That made me feel better because then I didn't feel crazy. I actually felt like, okay, so you're not the only one. I was afraid to speak about it. Right. But I was also afraid to hide it and cover it up. Because I'm like, well, what if something goes wrong? And you could have got help and someone could have been of service or, you know. So I just thought advocating was just the most important thing. So from everyone reaching out and sending inboxes and messages, I formed a call center where we can talk to each other through the call center. And the call center went from one thing at home (laughs) Going through postpartum with the so, kids. Oh, hang on, hang on. So you started the call center while you were actively seeking help for postpartum yes. for yourself. Yes, I did. Did it help? Did. It helped because what it started out is other moms sharing and feeling mm-hmm. how they were feeling about it. And we were able to like give each other like pointers and tips. And we started meeting at the library so we mm-hmm. can like, you know, do stuff, have the kids play. So it just became like it was different. It wasn't like we were reaching to someone who didn't understand what we were going through. So you didn't have to explain what you were going through because all you kept hearing is, I get it. I get it. I understand. Like, And I'm like, that is so much different than talking to someone who only knows this stuff from textbook talk. Right. And they're reading me like verbiage that I don't even understand. I'm like, okay, this is helpful. This is actually stressful. I used to run out of therapy crying. Like, that was overwhelming. Like that was just Q and A. Well, and they tell you you have to immediately love your baby. Yeah. If you don't immediately love your baby, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, but then I don't love all my babies now. Oh my god! Think <laughs> about this. No, no, seriously, think about this. No, I love them all. I don't like them all all the right. time. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> think about this, right? Think about you're going through postpartum. Everything looks ugly. Everything feels Ugh. bad. None of your clothes. You fit. feel. Ba- you're breaking out. Your hair starts falling out. <laughs> Listen, all of those things. And then you just have this crying baby, right? And your boobs are spewing milk. Either you're breastfeeding or not, they're spewing milk. Which, by the way. And engorging. Which, by the way, I had a very supportive father of my child. Very supportive. It was like overbearing that he was supportive. Because it's like he was trying to be helpful and he was trying to be there, but it was like, I was just angry and mad that I was going through something that I couldn't express. So actually him being around, I just wanted him to be away. Right. Because like, I didn't want him to see me a certain way or experience me a certain way or judge me. I'm looking like, I don't want to be around you. Just go away. Oh, there's like the pressure of like, well, do you think we're going to like touch again? Because no oh, one's touching yes. this. All of that. There's already too many things touching this. <laughs> no, breastfeeding. Oh my God. Breastfeeding took me out. Like, I just couldn't even go to sleep in peace. I'm like, they're like, oh, it's your six-week appointment. And you're like, no, it ain't. Everything. <laughs> so, so when we started that, I realized that through sharing and trying to help moms, I forgot that I was even going through postpartum in a way. <laughs> and like I was already healing through the process. Right. And didn't even realize that I was healing because I was so focused on making sure other moms stayed strong. So I'm like, well, if you're not going to be strong for you, there's so many people now who reaches out to you, like, around the clock just for a quick chat. So you have to, like, be strong. And so I started doing things with my baby and recording it and then sending it to the mom so they can, like, you know, a proper bath or a feeding or what are you doing when you're tired and learning how to use the boppy and still go to sleep while feeding. Like, there's so many things, yeah. like, we were sharing. And um, I didn't know that. That's beautiful. <laughs> Well, and I think a sense of in mental health in general, when you're at your lowest and postpartum is really when you're at your lowest, a sense of purpose is the main thing that a good therapist is going to try to Mm -hmm. get you to find. And you found that organically and you didn't even know it was happening. I didn't even realize it was happening. So you were actually your own kind of, you doing your own therapy. You just didn't realize it. Exactly. So this your 
you have three kids. So was this your third baby? Nope, my first daughter. My second one. Your second so, baby? Yep, she's five now. So um, I gave it about a year um, of just doing the whole call center. Then when I felt like I was really healed from it and going back into work, COVID happened. <sighs> so <laughs> because COVID happened, I'm like, oh, well, great. Now I'm already in Vibrant. Kids aren't in school. I'm like, I'm going to go back into depression. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> I was just in house arrest <laughs> right? Like, for this whole time. And then COVID happens. Everyone's, like, freaking out. Then you see parents speaking out about needing to go to work but not having daycares because daycares wasn't even scared to be around kids. And I'm like, all right, so I'm home. And I'm not doing anything. We can't do anything. And they were saying it was not safe. Like, they were saying, oh, even on holidays, don't go around your family. I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Yeah, the last thing we need is more isolation. It was so hard. But everyone was actually, like, doing it and, like, staying home and just contact the families through phones. I'm like, no, this is not normal. I'm sorry. If we're going to die, like, I'm going to die in peace. So <laughs> if you're telling us, like, no matter what, it could be in the food, it could be in the water, mm-hmm. with so many rumors in the going on. they were just like, we don't know you're going to die. Mm-hmm. You get it? So I'm like, okay. Don't go near anyone, you're going to die. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, so let's do this the right way. Let's, let's do the charity. Let's give back, you know, be a servant. Mm-hmm. And, um... That was interesting because I actually revamped my whole house and painted the walls like chalkboard paint. Because the first thing I thought about a bunch of little kids, they're going to be writing on walls and coloring. And I wanted therapeutic things like painting. So I'm like, all right. So I threw out my dining room table. My kids are like, where are we going to eat? I'm like, on the floor. <laughs> like, I ate in the and floor. And you could write about young. it on your chalkboard wall. No, see, I threw my way a huge dining room table, put it outside. And my son was like, so now where are we going to eat? <laughs> I'm like, one well, at a time you want to eat in your room, like, don't <laughs> complain about it. Like, the table never even affected you. Right. So it's, it just was weird. Um, I had to get rid of my sofas just to make more room in the living room and have just one little section. It was, <laughs> so I thought I was going crazy. I'm like, are you really revamping your home, you know, to make more space? And I was just thinking community. Mm-hmm. The kids are going to need somewhere to go. You were thinking village. There you go. And after going through the postpartum, I thought AJ and his mom. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, until you actually realize what it is and, you know, you won't understand. There's no point in trying to understand postpartum to someone who does not have children. I'm going to be honest about with that. Well, it's, it's <laughs> like a lot of things. Like, um, migraines. Like, I had a migraine yesterday. And people are like, oh, here's some headache remedies. And I'm like, no, it's a migraine. It's not a headache. Like. I, if I just had a headache, I'd be fine. Like Mm -hmm. I literally can't open my eyes and I can't see and like sound and light, but it's one of those things, right? Like unless, or night terrors, Mm -hmm. my daughter had night terrors and I thought I knew what night terrors were until she had one. And I was like, oh hell no, that's not a nightmare. Like, you know, you're like, (laughs) to anyone I ever said I knew what a night terror was, I'm sorry. No, so there's things like that, that until you go through it, you know what it is. But not everybody has experienced it. And a lot of people that have had kids don't have mm-hmm. postpartum True. or say they didn't have Or think they did because that's their reference and mm-hmm. they don't really. Right. Stop. And it's like everyone's tired and depressed after they have a baby, but not everybody thinks about driving their car off a bridge. What I realized was like, all right, um, looking outside, I kept feeling like, oh, no one's going to help me. I'm going through this alone. Mm-hmm. I had to look outside of my, what I was used to. Because I'm like, well, it makes sense now why no one can help me. Because everyone who I'm looking for help with needs help them themselves. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, seriously. And when you're talking to people, they're like, oh, that's so messed up. I feel bad for you. I'm like, what? And I used to get angry by, like, friends or family. Like, oh, you know, and I'm like, what do you mean? This is not okay. But to them, it's like, oh, I went through that when I was younger. I know how that feels. Tough it up. We all go through it. Yeah, you know, so I looked outside of that, what, you know, maybe looks like me more culturally. Um, And then people who step outside, I used, this is the funniest thing. So I used to think that black people who um, didn't relate or understand where I came from, I'm like, oh, they think they're better than, you know, us or they're uppity or they're, they're, um, what do you call it? Like Oreos. We see like, oh, they're white. Black on the outside. Those is that white. still a thing? No, it's seriously. Because I'm like, term? it is. Okay. <laughs> I remember like, from growing up, but I haven't heard you say it in a really long time. <laughs> no, I get so mad. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Like, you're a black like me. How dare you? You know? However, 
it, it, it all makes sense now. Um, it, it really depends on where you are in life mentally, how you process things, how you perceive things. Um, you start to open up and you expand. Hey, y'all. I'm Erica Cervello, and I'm the owner as well as the stylist at Gallery Salon, located at Fort Elton Street in the neighborhood of the Arts in Rochester, New York. We specialize in everything from lived-in hair color to vivid creations, haircuts, wedding hair and makeup, structured manicures, gel extensions, and the best nail art in the city. We work closely with Rochester artists and makers to carry an array of handmade goodies for you to shop from. Gallery Salon is proud to offer gender-neutral pricing, and we are a certified LBGTQ plus safe zone. Our space and staff are welcoming and down to earth. We know you'll be comfortable to come as you are and celebrate your individuality at Gallery Salon. You can find us at gallerryhair.com and Facebook or Instagram. Give us a call at 585-271-8340. Or better yet, swing by and meet us and see what we're about. Gallery Salon, located at 4 Elton Street in the neighborhood of the Arts in Rochester, New York. Live it, love it, lime it with Selena's Mexican Restaurant at the Village Gate. Come for the food, stay for the fun. Become a part of Selena's family. Selena's offers daily specials, happy hour at the bar, and catering, plus dietary menus for celiac, vegan, and vegetarian guests. When you're on the west side, grab a quick bite at the new Selena's Taqueria Grease, 745 Maiden Lane in the Tops Plaza. Find out more at selenas.com, S-A-L-E-N-A-S. Hi, I'm Kelly Bush, and I own Marshall Street Bar and Grill. Whether you're out celebrating with friends or looking for a catered event, Marshall Street is your number one choice. With board games, pool, darts, pinball, and three large screen projectors, you'll never run out of things to do. Check out our huge menu with over 60 items, including vegan and vegetarian food, 18 taps, unique spirits, and great daily specials. We've got something for everyone. Come see old friends or make new ones at Marshall Street Bar and Grill. You always have a home at Marshall Street. Welcome back to The Kelly Show. Yes, and another episode of Getting Real with Bossy. This podcast has been brought to you by Gallery Salon, where beauty and art collide. You can find out more at galleryhair.com. So opening up and expanding to different cultures when you've grown up in like just a Black community, you've been taught like, what happens in this house stays in this house. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing. Or if, you know, white women come to the door, don't open it because it's CPS. <laughs> All these crazy things. And Damn. we were, like, traumatized from it. Um, so we're, it was really on me. I had to be comfortable with trusting the process and stepping outside the box and knowing that no one's out to get me or no one's, you know, going to hurt me or people genuinely do care about you. Yes. Like, you have friends who care about you and there's no catch to or no gimmick so that was like and I don't know if you noticed but like that was hard for me to like even experience like even just having that overwhelming love I'm looking like oh well how long is it gonna last like this is gonna be here today and gone tomorrow or is this short-term connections or everything's for a reason in the season so like nothing really stays in life so I was like well to open up about everything because you can tell somebody all your secrets today and then tomorrow they're your enemy. And I was all over social media, like all those things were like fears. And now having a trusted circle in a village and being able to open up to other families who knows that um, this is really a network where we help each other, we serve each other. Um, we don't keep track of what I did for you and what you did for me. Because I'm going to be honest, like, if it wasn't for my team, my circle, like, me and my kids would have been homeless, like, a long time ago. long, long time ago. So I'm like, if it wasn't for them believing in me and, like, giving me that courage to feel supported and safe, like, it's okay to mess up. It's okay to fall. Like, we got your back. Right. That's what really made me feel comfortable to take the next step and, you know, move the nursery from outside the house into a space. I'm like, I feel supported, you know, I feel okay. Like, so I'm going to go with the punches because I have a team of people who is like counting on me and they really want to see me do good. So now the, the passion became to like motivation and it's like, all right, I got this. And, you know, I make this person proud and make this person proud. And so it's, it's just really interesting how you have a mind shift. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like your te- my intentions literally for my my home was just to open it up for children to come over and just to get a break from outside the house because they were subjected to being in a home the whole time because of COVID. Right. So I just wanted to give them 
um, interaction like with other children, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I wanted them to be able to so play necessary. with children and not just see mom and, you know, dad or there was families going through domestic violence issues. Like at least the kids just to be able to go away to school right? and didn't have to see all those things. You know what I mean? And I was like, just so worried. Like, wow, what about these kids who be hungry at home and they go to school just to get those meals a day? Like, mm-hmm. I get the respite from abuse. Mm-hmm. Foster no. care, like, almost shut down because there were no calls because the manda- mandated reporters were no longer seeing the kids on a regular basis. You get it? And so mm-hmm. they were freaking out because they didn't know how to check up on the kids mm-hmm. and get into the home. And so they weren't getting calls. Right. And that was a whole other level of childcare was foster parents that needed to go to work right. couldn't send the foster kids anywhere. So they were willing to, like, you could get paid if you were a foster parent to, mm-hmm. like, take in other foster kids mm-hmm. just so these parents could go to work because they're like, well, they're going to give up the kid because they can't not go to work. Mm-hmm. And the kid, you know what I mean? It was like this giant cycle of, like, services that were so important to the maintain the safety of children that were just spiraling out of control. All of that, you see? Like, that was a crisis yeah. in itself. And yeah. bare minimum, I mean, play is so, just generalized play and socialization is so important in development. And these kids that weren't getting that are still having, talk to teachers today, they're still uh, seeing issues from it. Well, they're saying that, like, the like the grades that my kids are in now, like, the kids are so immature compared mm-hmm. to the classes before them mm-hmm. because they didn't have those experiences. They had less preschool. They had less free play. They had less park time. Like, you don't See, just you didn't take your kid. If you took your kid to the park, everybody stayed six feet apart. Like, the kids weren't allowed to just, like, be kids. Mm-hmm. All of those interactions. Yeah. So that's amazing that you opened your house for that because a oh lot my of kids God. missed it. And then, like, one person told one person and one person told one person. I had, let me tell you, this is, I think I told you about the story and I got the phone call from the doctor. I had like this old beat up like 2005 Dodge Durango. It was like this car that I got, it was like a hoopty, but it got me from point A to point yeah. B, right? And it was really loud when it drove and it made like all these knocking noises. Like you can hear it coming from like three streets over. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it was so funny to get out and the guys were like, you too cute for that car. And I'm like, this car paid the bills. Like, how much you think cute is, but... I got this call and it was from a doctor and she was just crying. Like, what's wrong? And she's like, I only called this number because I feel like I won't be judged. I can't call anywhere else because if I do, I'm going to get medically disqualified from work and have to take, you know, leave and step down and stuff. And I'm like, wait, where are you calling from? And she was like, well, is this confidential? I'm like, yes. And she was like, well, I'm a pediatrician. I'm like, oh my gosh. And she was saying how she was being affected, basically, by COVID and, like, all mm-hmm. the kids coming into her work and having to be mandated to work several hours. And she had a child with disabilities who, like, wore a helmet and was just disabled. And she was like, you know, her husband wasn't there. He was at work. She was like, I just need a break. Like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm very tired. And I want to know if it's not too much, if you can get my kid for, like, you know, I just, just in a moment. Like... Not tomorrow, but right now. It was like three in the morning. So I'm like, wow. it was three in the morning. And my, my kid father was like, don't you think about it. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> and I was like, can I use your car? He's like, no, no, no. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Because it was in Hilton. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is my car going to make it? Because like, it's been doing other stuff. Like, he's been <laughs> scared. And. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to do it. And when I went there... If you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you want to include interviews with people across town, Riverside.fm offers unbelievable high-quality recordings regardless of your or your guest internet quality. And it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. Here, I was so shocked because first of all, it was a gated home. And I was like, and it was real loud. I was riding by the lights were going on. So people were trying to figure out like, who was in the neighborhood. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just great. They're going to think I'm a robber or something. Like I was going slow. To like lessen the low noise, right? So that it wasn't be louder. I made it sketchier. <laughs> and I'm like, this woman is no, not gonna give me this she's kid. She's <laughs> in the houses. And I'm like, this woman. 
woman is not going to give me her child when she sees my vehicle. Like, oh, she called you at three in the morning. I bet she had no problem. I so kind of like, wait, well, this is a scam. Well, they're kidnappers. Like, I really was thinking the worst. And right. then I wasn't sure what the right house. I'm like, it was a huge, like, mansion. It was like, oh, no, this is the wrong house. I didn't think she would ever call my black wife for this. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Seriously. And when she came out, she was like, oh, my God, you know, you're even beautiful in person. And she was, like, so warming and welcoming to me. She didn't even care about the vehicle. She just knew that she seen my face on Facebook. And then when she met me, she was relieved that it was really me mm-hmm. and not a hoax, I think. So, yeah, right. and then she gave me this, okay, her kid was, like, really heavy. Because I think he, like, his weight, he just proportions it to the left more. So I, she just, like, literally gave me him. And when she gave me him, kind of like this, I'm like, oh, my God. So I was trying to, like, be strong and, like, hold it up. And right. she's like, oh, well, I'm going to do this car seat, which was, like, a medical car seat or something. But it was really big. So I had to put my seat down. And it was a whole bunch to it. So when he got in, he just started screaming, crying, screaming, crying, and, like, banging his head and banging his head. And just, so I'm like, oh, my God. So I realized he wasn't even verbal. And I'm like, no, that, no. It was literally, it was literally a here. She was Uh like, if I tell you these things, you're not going to take it. It was literally a here and I'll call you. That's it. And she made me promise not to call anyone. And I'm like, so then I got scared. I'm like, what if she's going to? Do they something to herself. Kids. No, I was more worried about her. Right. Well, I'm worried so about you. Place. I'm like, they could have just like... I wasn't worried. That wasn't a thought. My real fear was how displaced she was right. from giving me her child. And there was like no expression, no emotion. It was just like here. And I was like, what if she's going to do something to herself? Mm-hmm. Should I call crisis? Should I alert someone? And I'm like, oh, but I gave her my word. And it was so many like... And I prayed about, like, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to give her what she, you know, mm-hmm. made me promise to. But I was worried, like, hell. Because yeah. I'm like, I know the look that she had. I'm like, I've been there before. I'm like, is she really just, you know? So, and so it was weird because my son, who, he has his own um, disadvantages, you know, like, when I got home, my son was like, oh, he was really happy to see him. He was like, oh, mom, you know, my son was going to Hillside Crest at the time. So he sees kids often. So seeing the kid wasn't, like, abnormal to him, he, he was okay with it. And he was, like, really warming. And the kid stopped crying, like, instantly. He cried the whole way home from Hilton, all the way to, like, the city. And then, like, when my son got with him, they were, like, just, like, the best of friends. And all of them were, like, the same height. The kid was really much older, although right. he was appeared to be younger. Right. I don't have to explain it to my son. I feel like my son helped me, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. He helped me because I was like gonna freak out. Like, I don't know what to do. So my baby father comes downstairs, he sees this kid and he's like, Is he ours now? <laughs> Is he staying? <laughs> it was just really different experience. And I got worried when I didn't hear from the mom. Like, the next day, it was dinner time, evening. Wow. I didn't hear from her. And I'm like, okay, so I had him from last night around 4. We got back home, and it's the next day. It's evening. I don't know where she is. I called her phone. She's not answering. So I did begin to panic. And I said, well, you know, another overnight won't hurt. He's doing good in the environment. I didn't except any other children, because I wanted to be able to give him all of my attention that day. So I had to tell the moms, like, we weren't stepping kids a day, which was really hard, too. But they understood. Sure. Um, so, like, the kid had all of our attention, me and my kids. He had everyone's attention. And my son was, like, communicating with him and stuff. And you want more food? I'm like, how do you know what that means? Because I don't even know what that means. And right. everything I kept trying to give him, he was, like, throwing and then... He liked the yogurt, and I'm like, "Well, is he lactose? Does he have any allergies?" I know, right? Because right, like, yeah. he didn't come, he didn't come with a list of, st- yeah. So he came with a handoff. He kept peeing on himself, so I had to keep changing. I'm like, okay, so he needs a pull up. I'm like, then I even didn't even know that pull ups came in like large and extra large and stuff because I only knew like five T, three T, you know, four T. I'm like, what size is where these? He cannot fit. So 
my friend. I got it. So long story short, um, mom called the next morning at eight o'clock. And um, she was like, what is your address? And she sounded like, oh, a chippery. And I'm like, okay, this woman's getting high. <laughs> like, in my head, I'm like... <laughs> Can I let you drive? No, I'm like, she, yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, she did something. Just being very judgmental. I didn't know. I'm like, it was so weird. When she came, she like a whole new person. Like, her hair was done. Mm-hmm. She went to a hair appointment, by the way. <laughs> like, yeah. that next day, she used it for straight self-care. She was not worried, okay? Her hair had highlights. <laughs> she did really good. Like, she came from the gym. She had, like, a gym outfit and stuff. It was weird because I was behind on rent. I was behind on rent. I didn't tell anyone that I was behind on rent. I'm like, I'm going to find a way to pay it. I don't know how, but I'm going to find a way. And she tried to give me this envelope. I'm like, oh, no. She said, oh, no, take it. I'm like, oh, no. And... She was like, no, please. Like, it's literally just a gift. It's nothing. Just take it. And I'm like, well, what is it? <laughs> she was like, it's a thank you. It's really a thank you. So as soon as I opened it, it was like just hundreds in there. And like, I just broke down crying. And she's like, I'm sorry. Did I do something wrong? I'm like, I'm like, I was behind on rent. And she said, well, how much is your rent? At the time, it was nine fifty. And she's like, well, did you pay last month? I'm like, no. She's like, so you got to pay this month? This month is like in a week. I'm like, yeah. She was like, well, there's 3000 in there. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, that was just, like, truth that God shows up in ways, even when you're, like, blind and don't know how you're going to do it. Because I didn't know anything about taking care of a child. I didn't even know what his condition was called, first of all. Right, no um, information. And it wasn't verbal. And it was just different. She was so grateful and so happy about it. And, like, I didn't do it even expecting anything from right. it. Like, I didn't even know anything was going to come from it. I thought it was going to be like a regular, you know, yeah. assignment, like normal that I do. I have assignments. And um, that actually ended up setting me straight for, like, last month, two months ahead. And I was like, who but God? Like, you know, and... Some people are like not spiritual, I'm like well, the universe or whatever, yeah. you know. Like and honestly, it like came around. Mm-hmm. I can't stop going back to how you described her when you showed up as a stranger in a beat up Dodge Durango, and she just hands it off her child. And like, if you hadn't answered that phone, or if you had gone back to bed, and like maybe tomorrow, yeah, could have been a much different story. Like I can't even, yeah. So it's not just your life that got changed, especially when you like describe the difference. Right. I mean, you're talking with a woman, a woman with means. First of all, like off of Avenue D, like, like off St. Paul, like smack dead and like the war zone. We can edit that. No, we're not. No, No, it's okay. okay. (laughs) Listen, everyone knows our list. They literally come here for like stuff for the community. So that's cool. But no, seriously, like. Just knowing that she was even comfortable, like, I know she was scared, mm-hmm. number one. Like, and, and do you know what kind of car? Like, she had, like, a Jag. Like, girl, you can't bring that here. And I told her when she was leaving, I'm like, don't bring that back over here. You're going to have to rob me. Thinking like I have rich friends. Right? She's like, well, you do. I'm like, no, don't do that. We'll meet somewhere. It was funny because, like, she came all sporty. I'm like, woman when i gave you the address i know you put it in google search <laughs> like well yeah i would have to place a bet that she did not know how to get to your right? no seriously and she was just totally like have you watched him since no not since oh because covid they're back in school mm-hmm. yep they're back in school and he has respite care which he does utilize as well so but i do speak to her still. yeah so that's good it's just really weird because you just never know, like, when you do something, what comes from it. Mm-hmm. And just having faith. So, like, my message always to moms is, like, even when you're going through stuff and, like, you feel like it's the worst and your lowest, that's actually where you birth, like, your million-dollar like ideas or, like, your huge visions. Like, they say diamonds are made, like, in a rough. Like, that's true. Mm-hmm. Like, until you, like, hit rock bottom, you have nowhere else to go but up. So think about it. Like, if you're at your lowest, 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 you can't go any lower. It's it's so, good firm ground to jump off of. I'm just saying, yeah, like... Yeah, no, it's, you, it's rock bottom. And, and just 
And don't worry about like critiquing because I'm gonna tell you this year I finally got it. It's just, it's just some time to get it, but like things don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have like a perfect business plan because you can have something on paper and plan and it doesn't even go that way. Mm-hmm. By the way, <laughs> it never so does. like it no. doesn't have to be perfect. Just do it. Like literally, just start somewhere, anywhere. It don't have to be the whole huge vision. But just start like with just one step. Just take one step and then see from there, like, how it can go. And ask for help. Which is the hardest thing, though, because when you're used to being independent and doing things on your own, you become conditioned to not ask for help. I like to think that the technology tap it helped. Like, I know you get a lot of messages, like, text and messenger and stuff. Well, social media isn't So No, no, no. I just need to, like, reach out. Like, so you won't have to make the phone call. True. Talk to somebody. You can be like... I'm feeling really bad. And you can just like type it and then you didn't actually say it out loud. And but, then like, nobody answers you. It didn't really happen. But how many times have you confided in someone and like you've heard it like if came up and it wasn't really confidential? Right. Well, and honestly, like I'm at a point in my life where I've been through so much shit that I just feel like it's easier just to throw it all out there so that it's out there and I don't have to worry about who knows what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but was there ever a point in time like you were ashamed of? Oh no! What, but I'm I'm wanna... about to be 45, and it's a fairly recent thing. Um, Bosses definitely helped. I mean, that's the whole premise is being in a mm-hmm. group where we could be honest with each other. And a lot of people are really worried about even sharing there because they mm-hmm. don't want their hardships to become public knowledge, mm-hmm. even though it's a private group. And I've shared things on Bossy that have gotten out, you know, through different people that were in the group. And so I'm just like, you know what? It just is easier if I just acknowledge this is where I am and this is what I've been through. And mm-hmm. Because it's so hard to carry all of that and, and worry. But yeah, for, for saving AJ, I want to go back to the messages that you get. So are you still getting regular? Like, do you still get messenger notifications and text notifications from women in crisis or families in crisis yes all the time um so you are the call center yeah but there's like people who helps too like there's volunteers actually it's so interesting so like i start off with my clients as actually being a client and needing help but then when it gets to a certain point they're like oh i want to help miss naisha and i'm like okay or can i talk to mom let them know like how i started and you know so actually um i have a few moms who are now assisting and helping, helping other moms. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a point in time they couldn't help themselves. Right. So um, I like the fact that the the call center is from people with experience and of understanding and knowing because without being able to relate, you know, to certain things. Now, you don't have to have went through the same traumas as me and same struggles to relate to me. Let's make that clear. You don't have to. But you have to at least know what it's like to have felt hopeless before. And some people are so like in denial. They want to be perfect. They don't want to talk about the things like they went through and the bad humiliating stuff. And I'm like, okay, listen, this is what it is because transparency is key. Mm -hmm. And you never know like what you share, how it may help someone else. Like you can imagine you holding something so deep. So this, that you're so humiliated by, or don't want to talk about, you're just holding it inside. But that very thing you're holding in can, like, save someone's life. Mm-hmm. So it's actually going to be better coming out. Because once you put it out, all the criticism you're afraid about, you literally just impacted someone. So it's like being selfish to not well, open being up. hopeless, mm-hmm. hearing that there's another person that has felt that way. Yeah. And whatever feeling that is, that rock bottomness, and knowing that, like, because when you're in it, you feel so alone and isolated and like you're the only one and I can't say this out loud. Mm-hmm. And then when you hear back that like, no, that's a normal feeling or that's lots of people feel that way. And this is how I felt. And this is when I was going through it. Mm-hmm. You know, having that open communication, I feel like is so uplifting, even if it only uplifts you like a tiny point, it gives you that momentum. Of, yes. like, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Seriously. And then you have, well, you got through it. Mm-hmm. maybe I can get through it and maybe that's another little tiny point up and yeah. it's so empowering and I think that that's that's what frustrates me in the world is people not sharing the down parts because that's the stuff we need to share mm-hmm. right and I remember when I had my kids I was like my 
what do you mean? No one told me I was going to fart every time I walked for three months. <laughs> no, like, it would have been nice to know ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And nobody told me that even if you don't breastfeed, you're going to spew milk. Like mm-hmm. so many things people don't tell you about. And like Seriously. how the feelings and, you know, even getting older, like perimenopause. Mm-hmm. You'll probably hear me drop that in all kinds <laughs> of podcasts because why does anybody talk about perimenopause? At all, actually. Now that you, now that you say it, like, mm-hmm. they do They talk about menopause barely. Mm-hmm. They talk about menopause like they talk about childbirth. Like, it's a thing you go through. There's hot flashes. That's it. <laughs> like, you might not sleep. Right. And it's with business, too. And that's one of the reasons we have Bossy is because we would go to these events or listen to these panels and all this great stuff. And, like, I don't need help with how to be excited when things mm-hmm. are going well. I need help with knowing what to do when I've got no money or I owe all of these horrible, horrible things that mm-hmm. come with being a business business owner. Like, you have to be able to talk about that stuff. Hey, if you're enjoying this episode, check out the Healthy Illness Podcast with me, Kelly Marie, as we build healthy relationships while living with mental health conditions. I'm diagnosed and live with borderline personality disorder, major depression, and generalized anxiety. And despite those diagnoses, I've been able to live a full life. I have healthy relationships, a great career, and my mission is to help you do the same. So join me for Healthy Illness Podcast. New episodes every Monday on the Jazzcast Pros Network, found on the podcast player you're listening to right now. Be the light. Oh my God. So I'm so happy about that. Because <laughs> I have something to say, right? <laughs> yes. I went to this meeting, I went to this meeting, right? And um, there was different organizations there. And this one organization said they got like 1.2 million in like funding. And like everyone was going on, I'm like, wait, what did you do with it? Like, I just want, I was curious to know like, what the hell with all that money? What did you, what do you do? Like, I really want to understand like what it was. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, we provide like um, services to families and resources. I'm like, like what? Because I do that. Right. <laughs> she's right. like, well, referrals for housing? I'm like... Referrals? And then she's like... Um, Not even you know, the housing? Hold up. And then like vouchers for furniture? I'm like, oh, so they get new furniture. She's like, well, unless it's donated. Um, which So I'm like, oh, okay. So like... And I was really being curious. Sure. So my question was, well, how many families have you helped last year? And like the whole room went cricket. Like I wasn't supposed to ask. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Do we not speak about these things? Because people ask me all the time, and I just have a database. I go in and just right. It it automates the numbers. Like it's not something to figure out. So she said nine families. Wow. And I said, how many people are on your payroll if you're having nine but families wait, get referrals? Hold on, I was so confused furniture. because. I'm not even going to tell you a week how many families I have. I just felt overwhelmed by the information. I was like, okay. So then the next lady, she tried to like get off topic. And she's like, oh, so how saving Asia? How do you sustain? And I'm like, well, well I'm going to be honest. Even with having the children turning around, rate right, and coming around, I got a grant, a single grant at the time. It was only for like 5000 I forgot. <laughs> It wasn't even a grant. It was a donation to me that I used for a grant, mm-hmm. actually. And it was someone in Boston, but I forget her name. Really? Now I forget her name. Oh, my God. It was years ago, though. But, like, she wrote me a check. For $5,000? Wow. Yeah. I have, I, I'm going to reach out to her, actually. <laughs> yeah, she did. And it was literally for me, though. Like, she gave it to, like, help me. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't know what so, do uh, She understood that you needed financial assistance with your own personal life and family yes. because of all the work you do. And yes. you took that money and put it back into saving agents. Yes. Because th- there's a catch though. So think about this, right? So you're the bare necessities that you need to like be a mom or raise a children, the roof over your head, food in the fridge, clothes in your back, right? And they have their tablets, right? It's like there's a bare minimum. The things that we get so used to like providing and having like for our families um we forget like the other children who don't have as many things or the blessings or the challenges you know the privilege of eating out every night or having food catered like 
there's literally families who make a pot of rice to make a stretch for the week. Right. So I was doing the work. I felt so like guilty for even saying I was broke. So I'm like, well, you went and brought seven on TV like just last year. Like all these things that I was thinking about, that I was using money for. I'm like, they have no value. They hold no weight. Like you could have done so much more with it. And just to know you go buy the kids something expensive device and they break it anyways. Like none of those things even matter. Right. So just knowing that running saving AJs to sustain it, um, they will think you think like millions of dollars and stuff. And I'm an organization, so I'm like, you need to be like making a lot of money. And I'm like, but just to be honest, food is donated. Diapers, wipes, milk, all those things are like ran on donations. Of course, you have to pay bills. The rent is like $1,200 a month. Then you got to pay for like, you know, internet and all these other things that you want that are like important for the children. I'm like trying to make devices. They all have like laptops there and just a bunch of things. But if you really get down to it, to literally sustain and run a whole crisis nursery and organization and to be able to serve... I would say 35 children a day. That's just minimum with me. Um, and if you say that for the week, it's how many kids you have. Um, I've broken the cost down so bare minimum. It's literally like $5 per child. And that's just for them to have a meal. Like in that three-hour setting. So, so when you, you had $1.2 million, how many kids could you help at $5 a child? You understand? Yeah, that's bullshit. So th- those are the things that I think about running the business. And I'm like, okay, so to run a business, people think you have to have, like, finances and so much money. But just to be honest with you, that comes with a point of, I don't want to offend anyone. You won't. But you can, like, not have something before and then get something and then get forget that you didn't have before, and then you just want more, and then you want more. And then, like, before getting, like, 50000 would have been a, a whole bunch to you, and now mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that's nothing. Right. And it's like they lose sight of of things, and mm-hmm. I'm noticing that. And, like, I don't judge anyone for that, but, like, I don't want to get content, or I don't want that to dictate, like, how I feel about me or um, I don't want to forget where I came from and then just make it seem as if you need so much to do so much. Because I've done so much with so little. I just got to be so honest. Like, I've done so much with so little that, like, I just feel so grateful, like, humbly grateful to know that I never got lost, like, lost sight in the vision of doing what I'm doing. But now I am to the point for reality to kick in that when you do have expenses and bills that needs to be paid, having like financial stability, being able to actually go to your bank and like pull the money and just Mm -hmm. do it without worrying about how you're going to do it. That's important. Right. But actually having it and not giving back or um, not being of service to others, it can even be information. It doesn't even have to be financial. You can have information that can help this business owner, mm-hmm. but you're my consultant, so now I'm, I'm paying you for the information. I get it. A business is a business, um, but it's like, we just have to do better, you know, like do better with helping each other um, with what we have, because not for nothing, like there's some really smart business owners. When people, when you figure out a way to do something, we sometimes sleep on that, but that's really like a gift. Like that's really like um something huge. And like if you just give that one person, you know, that pointer or that tip as well, they can use it and take off. I have found that um people will give you information in order for you to do what you're doing, just not better than them. It's like getting grandma's pasta mm-hmm. sauce recipe and they leave an ingredient out. Mm-hmm. And they're like <laughs> Yeah. Why would you give me the recipe if you're going to leave an ingredient out? Yeah. It's yeah. like, why don't you want me to be successful? Yeah. So, But now, with me giving so much information, I've taught like people so much stuff that I've knew that I didn't even know that was so important, like call centers. I've made free call centers like, for people. And I didn't know that was a huge thing. And I was talking to someone from a call center agency in Rochester, and they pay like 15000 a month. And I'm like, are you crazy? I did my own. 
And I ain't going to tell you how much it costs. <laughs> but no, seriously. And like, they really, um, people will pay for something that they want. So you will pay for a service because you actually need that help. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how expensive it may sound. But then there's someone like right there in your circle who can do the same thing that for some reason just is not going to say they can do the same thing or whatever the case is. So I find myself now, if someone's talking about business needs or something they need and I can do it, oh, I can help you with that. And then they're like, really? I've changed so many people like systems they use. Um and do you ask them for donations to Saving AJ? No. Be like, well, you know what you could do? You could give me some no, diapers. But but it always comes around because yeah. they're very supportive. Because think about it, you have someone like in those kind of needs, they're gonna always support you. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I just wish that there was more people. Or not more people. There's a lot of women who actually help. Let me not say that because I think I'm surrounded by all of them. But they're like on the upcoming rising business owners who aspire to be. And they just, they're so stuck for so long. Like I was for so long because it's unbelieving themselves. It's simply just being nervous or being scared and your passion. I didn't think saving AJ was actually going to be a business, by the way. I didn't start it as a business. So I never knew. I always knew that I would have to work, which by the way, I just quit my job at the domestic violence shelter, which was so hard for me. It was very hard for me because I was working to actually fund my program. But not to pay, <laughs> pay my bills. bills. Not to pay your bills, to pay standing agents. Oh, seriously, seriously. I was actually going to no, bring that up because you hadn't really mentioned no, that yet. No, for real. I was working like 24-hour shifts, guys. We have slightly disagreed um, <laughs> through the time I've known you about... I was How busting you my get behind. Paid. Yeah, I would bust my behind. I would get off work at eight and go right into nursery at nine and be there to like so seven. So, some at things night. that you haven't mentioned in this discussion you have relocated yes. people out of state mm-hmm. and taken them and stayed with them and helped them set up their lives. Yes. You have helped, I don't even know how many women and families um, <laughs> or fathers and families. You have found people. Childcare, you have found people a place to live. You have found people furniture and appliances, clothing. You take clothing donations for moms. You spend mm-hmm. so many hours of your day, and not even just like actual like working hours, but there's the mental capacity. You're mm-hmm. getting text messages and voicemails and Facebook messengers with heavy, mm-hmm. excuse my French, fucking shit no heavy like heavy like people are like opening up to you Mm -hmm. and you're carrying that with you as a woman as a business owner as a mom and how much does saving aj pay you so (laughs) so wait 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 wait, wait. come on hold on hold on wait so it's a new year right it's a new year And I do want to say something for New Year, because <laughs> if I actually go down that memory lane <laughs> that you just put up, I'm going to be, like, depressed. No, but seriously, like, I'm going to exhale all that, because that was, like, the list. Before you answer that, let's take a break. Happy Mother's Day. Come back for part two on May 29th and hear more about Naisha's story with saving AJ. If you're compelled to donate or support Saving AJ in any way, please reach out to savingaj.agency. That is their website, and you can learn more, donate, see the wish list, and contribute to all of the hard work that Naisha is doing. We're excited to share the rest of her story on May 29th, so make sure that you're subscribed, be bold, be brave, and be the boss. Thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by Gallery Salon, where beauty and art collide. You can find out more at galleryhair.com. If you are enjoying this episode, subscribe to the Heart of the Hustle podcast on the Jazzcast Pros Network, available right here on the podcast player you're listening to now. The podcast to help you turn your side hustle into a profitable small business. I am your host, Motivation, an award-winning business owner and coach in Rochester, New York. My mission is to teach you all of the things I wish I knew while starting a business and help you avoid the pitfalls of entrepreneurship. Subscribe to the Heart of the Hustle podcast. And remember, nothing comes to a sleeper but a dream. Over and out.
Live it, love it, lime it with Selena's Mexican restaurant at the Village Gate. Come for the food, stay for the fun. Become a part of Selena's family. Selena's offers daily specials, happy hour at the bar, and catering, plus dietary menus for celiac, vegan, and vegetarian guests. Find out more at Selena's.com. S A L E N A S.com. Hi, I'm Kelly Bush, and I own Marshall Street Bar and Grill. Whether you're out celebrating with friends or looking for a catered event, Marshall Street is your number one choice. With board games, pool, darts, pinball, and three large screen projectors, you'll never run out of things to do. Check out our huge menu with over 60 items, including vegan and vegetarian food, 18 taps, unique spirits, and great daily specials. We've got something for everyone. Come see old friends or make new ones at Marshall Street Bar and Grill. You always have a home at Marshall Street.